This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson and with me this week are Jim Spence and Ian Roach. Well, gentlemen, we've come we've come full circle. It started with Dundee United against St. Johnson and we're, we've had a round of fixtures and we're ready to get going again. What have we learned about our, our two Premiership teams in the first first round since that first game at Tannadice? Have, have their trajectories been along the lines you would have thought or have things worked out a wee bit differently? Well, um, I think that <clears throat> I think we found, you know, um, a couple of things, Eric. I mean, firstly, what we found is what we've predicted on this podcast in recent weeks is St. Johnston actually had goals in them. You know, once once they once they found their shooting boot, there were goals there, and we we saw that adequately um, when they put five past Hamilton. Albeit bizarrely, their fine defensive, their decent defensive record went to pot, conceding three. But we knew they had goals in them. That was the first thing. Um, I think we probably also discovered that, that that when Dundee United put their mind to it, I know their central defence have, have, have had a bit of doing, and I know the fastest kind of you know trio in the world because they, they, they've been playing or they played certainly a back three on Saturday. We found that when they put their mind to it, you know, with a good goalkeeper and Seagulls behind them, they can concentrate and 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 you know and and they can keep quality opposition at bay. Albeit they got you know Seagulls made some fine saves and there was a an even finer save by Lauren Shankland, you know, <laughs> um, in the game, but. I think we've found that Saints have got goals and hopefully we'll now kick on that United, if they can find the level of concentration, because I think that's the key thing. I don't, I don't think they're a bad side. They're not a brilliant side, but you know they, they are capable of certainly, or should be capable of competing with the best. They should have certainly been you know, much better than, than they were against Livingston. But I, I suspect that they, you know, if they can find consistency, they'll be fine. But they'll look like they're going to be an up and down side this season so I think that's those are the lessons I'm drawing so far but it's, it's still early days Ian are you, I mean I probably expected St Johnson to be a wee bit higher and you know, Dundee United roughly to be where they are would, would you be along similar lines yes I would uh, I did expect Saints to be higher up, but I, t- I think the momentum's there for them um uh, as far as United go United have been all over the place uh, Jim said ups and downs and they really have been uh, some real, real highs and some real lows. Great, some great away performances and some pretty turgid uh, home performances. Um, I, th- I think the, the the low point for me was Livingston, which was a terrible, terrible uh, performance. Uh, I would say the high for United probably Motherwell away, which was a great result. Uh, so they've 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 done well against Celtic. They've done okay against Hibs terribly against Rangers, just all over the place. Hard to predict how it's going to go for them. Uh, I, I think I'm personally, uh, as someone who watches United regularly, I, I'm quite pleased where they are. I think that's okay. I think it's fine. I mean, obviously it could be better, but it could be worse. Um, I think they're just doing okay there with the 12 points. It's probably around about what you would expect. And if you project that forward, then they'll be fine this season. I think the uh, expectation levels uh, at Tannadice are are gradually coming back more towards my own uh, expectation levels, which are just to survive in the in the in the league and then build. Saints, I think, have been obviously a terribly slow start. Have loads of things to sort out. The the goals dried up, but suddenly the taps have been switched on, and we're all we all enjoyed that that performance on uh, on Saturday and. Uh, I think it's. I think uh, Saints will kick on. I do expect at the end of the season Saints to be above United, uh, and I think that's how it's looking at the moment. Yeah, well, we'll start before breaking down the uh, 
the game on Saturday. We'll start with Saints. Um, obviously, they're the home team, and they had a very good, a very good win at the weekend. There, it was. I mean, listen, we 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 spoke about the the goals, but you know, it's one thing knocking seven past breaking, isn't it? But the, the cynics out there would say, ah, okay, you know, they'll probably they'll probably there might well be a couple of teams do that in the uh, in League Two, let alone Premiership Premiership teams. So. It's not a fair barometer, but I think it was exactly what they needed and it just seemed to be the last piece in the jigsaw for them because they had played, as we've said often often in the past, they had been playing well. Predominantly, there were a couple that they didn't play so well. You know, I don't think Livingston away was particularly was particularly clever, but you know, there's a, there was a lot working there. So it's it's Callum Davidson's sort of mantra of, you know, basically keeping stressing the positive, keeping saying that it will happen and the players themselves looks to be paying off. And the front three, I mean, you get you get five goals and your front three you get all three of them. And David Wotherspoon was absolutely fantastic in the first half when he's his touch and his awareness and just bringing people into play was just what you want. I would say Stevie May exactly in that in that first half as well was his strongest bit when he's he's near post runs and he was he was getting into exactly the type of areas you want to. He just looks like a confident, confident player now. And then Craig Conway really came into his own second half um, down the right-hand side, and the three of them just worked tremendously well. And I think also that was very encouraging. Craig Bryce, Ali McCann went off for the first time this season. Craig Bryson came on about 25 minutes to go, and he he added a real touch of class, the pass for the uh, fourth goal, I think it was. And he, he looked the part as well, so... Going forward, all of a sudden, Jim, it looks very good for St. Johnson, doesn't it? And that's before our man from Israel comes in, who's now started training. He must be wondering what they needed him for. Well, no, that, that, that's right. But, I mean, <clears throat> you can never have too many kind of striking options, I think, Eric. I mean, we've said long and weary that they had that uh, ability to score goals. I mean, you know, the, the bizarre thing we see... The blend, of the, the blend of the front three, sorry, Jim, is it's, you can see that working, can't you? You could see... Yeah. It's, they've all got different qualities. They, they, they all have different qualities. And, and what they do have as well is, in your, I think you saw it particularly on Saturday, is there's really good movement. You know, there's kind of there's terrific movement, good off the ball movement, good link up play with the three of them. They all have. I was delighted as well to see Con, uh, 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 Conway getting on the score sheet. His free kick was a thing of beauty as, uh, as well. But I mean, mm-hmm. great to, to see that, and, and, and that's good because you know, I mean, de- defensively, I actually think they've got a good defense, and yet they have, you know, they, they have conceded quite a lot. I mean, they, you know, they, they bizarrely, despite the fact that I, I think they look like a decent side. I mean. They, Three against Rangers, they conceded. I mean, I mean that, arguably that's no hardship because at the moment, actually at the moment, Rangers are the best side in Scotland. I think they proved that comprehensively against Celtic and uh, at, at the weekend. You know, so so Saints have, have kind of been up and down, not just in terms of not scoring goals. At times they've looked fine defensively. At times they've been, you know, they, they, they've kind of they've shipped silly goals, you know, and, and and more than they would have liked. But I think the key thing is, you know, if, if you're going to be, I think I wrote this about United the other week. You know, if you're going to have a defence which kind of is up down, up and down, you might as well, if you've got the guys up front, take the old Celtic approach, you score three, we'll score five you know, as they did on Saturday but I think, you know, you you finally saw I I, I think, um, you know, after the breaking game, and no disrespect to breaking but putting seven past breaking is one thing putting five past a battle hard and out fight like the Aki's is another thing entirely, and I think when 
you know, when you, when you look at what Saints did there, um, I think that was very impressive. And I think Conway, you know, and me in particular, and, and you know, I'm a big Wotherspoon fan as well, you know. So I, I think, you know, that, that Saints look to me now as though they might just be ready to motor on. And I think when you, you know, when you get a good mix of goals, um, as they did um, at the weekend, I think that, that that's a terrific thing. And they suddenly look to me as though they might just be ready to flower. But it's all the story in the world, Eric, as I said earlier on, Top class players have to do it consistently. They have to do it every single week. And that's the issue with so many players outside, particularly outside of the old firm. That consistent thing is the thing that most sides find hard to do it week in, week out, week in, week out. It's as much mental as physical. And if they, you know, in the next couple of games, and of course we've got a cracker coming up on Saturday against United, if they can do it then, you know, if they can put a few past United, then we'll know that I think that probably they've turned the corner. Ian, I mean, is, do you think it's as simple as. Has Stevie May unlocked this? Do you think he he's been the key to it? He, he, he has been. He has been crucial to it, and it's great to it's great to look at the goal mouth and see him there. That's where you like Stevie May playing, not wide as as he played too often up at Aberdeen. Yeah, um, I, I think yeah, sorry, I, I think we I think we underestimated just how much of his sort of natural striker confidence had been eroded in his time away from McDermott Park. Yeah, it's, it's like he's learning it again. Well, not learning it because he knew it. It's just he's been able to execute it within, the, within the, the areas that he knows he can hurt teams. His header was fantastic, the back flip. Uh, I think I think the, the, the flick for the first goal caught out even a lot of... Uh, pundits watching it they, 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 they didn't know he, that he'd actually he'd actually touched the ball um i i think i think him and him and conway and uh, will enjoy playing together i think that's quite clear that I, I would actually put the, uh, the 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 key goal on saturday as, as conway's first um wasn't the most uh, spectacular but i think th- that one was one not hamilton back again i think and uh uh, listen, uh, uh, it was a game that I was. Uh, I, th- I think Saints should go to Hamilton and and expect to win. Not not expect to win, but try to win. And I would fancy them to win that game. But to score five is just fabulous. I mean, it's it's great for a team that had been struggling. But uh, again, if you, it's a shame for the fans because they haven't been able to. You know, a lot of people following them on social media and that, and 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 through the the streams. But if you're watching them, if you're at the games, you can kind of tell that it's, it wasn't far away. And uh, now, now it's clicked. Uh, and uh, I think, I think Mickey Mellon, the United manager, will uh, have a few uh, have a few things to worry about on Saturday. I mean, before we before we leave Saints, Jim. I mean, it's a, it's the ideal way to to sort of uh, drip a, a new signing into the team, isn't it? I mean, obviously, the guy Melamed's had to spend two weeks in a hotel, you know, through nobody's fault. It just is what. Mm-hmm. Those are the rules of the rules just now. So a guy who hadn't played played much football in the last few weeks, the last thing he would have wanted and Callum Davison would have wanted was, I mean, say say they'd lost at Hamilton, not scored again, you know, maybe even just scored one or two against Brechin or whatnot, you know, for it to be a, a, a crisis bubbling away. And then, then the pressure's on Callum to rush him in potentially. Mm-hmm. It's the pressure's on Melamed as soon as he goes in to be some sort of saviour. This is this is 
perfect for him, isn't it? Now they can just take their time with him, maybe super sub type thing. Much better to go in and maybe do 30 minutes or even 20 minutes against, you know, in a side who have suddenly discovered their, their, their scoring form, where the confidence is high, the dressing room's bubbling, the training ground is kind of uh, alight and all the rest. I mean, you know, we're led to believe that pretty much because he's been in lockdown, he's been keeping himself basically on spinning classes. That was always <laughs> Craigie Brewster's favourite, the spinning, because of course his late old man, Pim was a great road man, a great road cyclist. Um, so uh, that was one of the things that Brew uh, brought into Tannery spinning. So uh, it sounds like Guy's been kind of busy spinning away there in his hotel room. I hope, I hope the other guests have been getting a good night's kip as he's been spinning <laughs> away in the bike. Um, but, you know, look, I mean, if he's... Um, He's a fit athlete, depending on his, his, his fitness beforehand. I mean, it, you know, it takes a good couple of weeks to lose fitness anyhow, uh, and, and only a small proportion. So I presume that he's still pretty fit. Much sharpness is another thing entirely, but far better for him uh, to come into a side that, you know, that has scored five and seven in the two previous games. That, that's, a, that's a far better situation than pitching him into a team that have really been struggling. Well, and Ian, we'll, we'll link in nicely here to, to United because... St. Johnson, they seem to have cured getting bodies into the box, space. as simple as that, making runs into the box, you know, getting, making sure they're, they're committing defenders and just doing, doing some basic attacking stuff. There's a couple of frightening statistics if you're a Dundee United fan. We've got, we've got a new toy in the office just now with the, the Optus stats. And we do, yeah. How, how, how does this sound to you? Last, last three games for, for Lawrence Shankland, touches in the opposition box. Hamilton Aki, three times he touched in, in the box. Livingston zero and Aberdeen two. I mean, that's enough to put a shiver up the spine of United fans, isn't it? Because w- when your whole game plan is serving Lawrence Shankland. I think the person that will be putting a, a shiver up the spine is Shankland himself because he, he just looks dejected when he's kind of out of a game like that. And he, he had to check back. Um, it's, it's, uh, I, think, I think United know. I mean, they, they, you know, they, they, they know as well as we do, looking at these stats, what they'll have to do. And it is to uh, supply Shankland with the ball. Uh, it, it sounds simple, but they really need to kind of up it uh, drastically. If, if they keep going through games where he's, he's he's hardly getting a sniff, his head goes down. And he's not that kind of player, you know. He's he's quite a, a, a character. He's quite a hardy character almost. It doesn't let much get him. But you can see almost physically this this no crowd scenario. We can we can see players clearly with their heads are down and their, the shoulders are slumped. And and no wonder because I think to ask to have a Scotland striker and somebody who's so prolific as him and to not be able to get the ball to him. And I, I think on the stats, I think we can go back. I've just I've just looked at this. Uh, uh, just just a, an hour or so ago, uh, the St. Mern game, he scores a great goal, a fantastic wonder goal. But, but he had about nine, ten touches in the box that day. So it was it was completely different for him. It was a completely different experience. And I think United don't want to be frustrating Shankland in the way that they're doing. It's okay saying, oh, he only needs one touch. God, there was a game. It was the Livingston game. He didn't, didn't get any. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's not. It's not good enough. You know, they've got to. They've got to improve that. Mm-hmm. It's not rocket science either. No, it isn't rocket science, Jim. Uh, Eric, there's nothing more frustrating than, than than a forward, particularly one whose whose art is the scoring of goals and not getting supply. It's kind of. It's 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 almost the equivalent of the winger. You know, the old old traditional winger who, who just didn't get any service. Who wants to get the ball, beat a couple of men. Shanklin's the same. I mean, Sh- Shanklin has some great talents, not the least of which is scoring goals. We know. 
know that he can score inside and outside the box. And he's also a very talented player with his back to goal, taking the ball, holding it up, linking play, and then going and looking for the return. Um, it much depends on the partner he's got there, whether it's Nicky Clark or you know, or whether it's going to be McNulty who's come in, you know. But but the key thing is, no matter whether you play one up front, two up front, as it did on Saturday, or one just off, you know, you need you need the ball. You need the ball unless you're wanting your striker to be pitching back thirty five yards looking for it and then having to turn and and you know and do it all himself. That is hopeless. So he needs supply. He needs possess. He needs. You know the the midfield to win, to keep possession and supplying with the ball, and at the moment that that just isn't happening enough. And and I think the problem is that when a major talent like Shanklin, if his head goes down, you know other people pick up on body language, other players pick up on on body body language. It would be intriguing to see how all this would play out in front of a crowd, because it's the kind of thing that a crowd actually pick up on as well, you know, and and, and that can up the tension and and. Uh, um, you know, up, up things in a game generally. But, I mean, at the moment, he needs more supply. He needs the ball to him um, in and around the box, preferably in the box, because he'll score goals if he gets it. You know, he's, I mean, his conversion rate is very good in terms of the chances, uh, you know, made for him. But he needs, and, and the mid, United midfield in particular, need to supply him with the ball. And he's not getting nearly enough of that. But here's another one for you, Ian, and it's, it links into what Jim was saying about what he's what he kind of... Feels he's seeing it and, it, and it is happening. He's, he's dropping deeper. I mean, the the average position, which is another stat we can get, the average position that Lawrence Shanklin was taking up in the uh, the Aberdeen game at the weekend was virtually in the halfway line, and it was kind of it, it wasn't really a million miles away from the two central midfielders. And this will probably surprise you that Nicky Clark was further forward than was the furthest forward United player. Mm-hmm. Now, that's that's strange, isn't it? it is, you know, Shank, so it, it kind of speaks to Shankland getting sick of being up there, not getting it, and dropping further and further back. That's exactly what it is. Going back to uh, my own illustrious playing days, you always had. Have you, you had your stuff? We're still talked about in Millamain. It's the first <laughs> time you've 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 linked in from Lord Shanklin to Ian. I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. Go on, carry on. Well, if you could get the ball even at that level, you know, you, you, your star striker ends up back in the box, and and this is this is what happened uh, with United. Not only was he back in the are you box, you calling yourself a star playing... striker, Ian? Are you? <laughs> no, no, no. He, he was actually playing as the goalkeeper. Uh, you know, he was saving. He was saving shots. Uh, that's how keen he was to get involved in the play. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't envy the boy stuck out there. And listen, it just has to be fixed. Uh, we're, we're not saying anything that United don't know, but the, the thing is, it needs to. They the, the then need to show it that, that they've been working on that. Um, it's it's quite. Oh, go on, I'll give I'll give I'll give Jim the tough question then. You have the easy one. How do you fix it then, Jim? Well, no, he, 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 tell, give him the ball. Tell me. I mean, you know, now that Roach has introduced his own illustrious playing career into oh, proceedings, you're go I, I, as well, I, feel, are you? I feel it's incumbent upon me to add to add a bit myself. I mean, when I played with the internationally renowned David Lowe's Sports Shop 11 on a Sunday. Um, the late Jim Connors, who's, uh, who you may remember, who, of course, was the commercial manager at Dens for a long time. Jimmy was our manager uh, on a Sunday, and that was his work cry. Give Spencey the ball, you know? Give, give Spencey <laughs> the ball. Feed <laughs> <Pete> Spencey, yeah. <laughs> and that's what they've got to do with Shanklin. Give him the ball, but give him it in the right areas. Give him it in and around the box. Give him it, and he'll score. It's kind of the, it's the equivalent of build it and they will come. You know, give Shanklin the ball, he'll score. Who's going to do it though? Who's going to do it though, Jim? I know it sounds simple, but you look at that centre midfield 
and there isn't a defence. There isn't a defence splitting pass among them, really, is no, there? No, well, the, the, Har- the whole, Har- the whole- Harks, and, Harks and Butcher. I mean, we, I kind of yeah. see at the start of the season. I kind of thought maybe Harts was going to take it up a level that I didn't think he maybe had in it. Well, and now I think he probably he's 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 all energy and he's he's not got that eye for a, a killer pass. No. Well, look, there, there, there's two things. One, one McNulty, McNulty will will hopefully be fit enough to, um, you know, make make a big impression. I mean, you know, there's a lot being stored there. So eventually, you, you'll go to kind of two almost out in its strikers. He's scored goals wherever he's been. Um, I thought I have to say that Logan Chalmers, uh, who came on, of course, on Saturday, I thought that Logan Chalmers um, might, might be a, a, an ideal solution because he's got that ability to run it. People yeah. beat people, get by people. Surprise me, he and, was I, left I, out. I have yes, to say, yes, and feed that ball into in, into him. So I'm sure that Mickey Mellon is still working away uh, uh, on, on this. I'm still intrigued by what's happened to. Louis Georgia Perry. Yes, um, I mean, I, I like I like the boy. I think he's got lots about him. Um, you know, we, we, you never know enough from what's going on at training or what's in the manager's mind to wonder what what suddenly happened to him. Maybe he's still quite a young player, but you know, I'm I'm kind of very much of the view if they're old enough, they're good enough, and he certainly looked good enough at times last season. So, but to, you know, to, to, to answer your question, to you know, to cut to the chase on your question, Shankland, I would have thought that the likes of a Chalmers, who's got that great burst of pace, is uh, 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 one who can certainly feed them. And of course, now you may be feeding two. They may be feeding each other, McNulty and him, assuming service gets to the two of them, may be able to link neatly off each other. But you want somebody um, like a Logan Chalmers coming into the side who's got that real spectacular, you know, uh, pace about him, head down, get gets by men, because it doesn't look as though Harks is, is capable of doing it or Pollock's capable of doing it. And Butcher, and you know, Butcher's not that type of player. You know, Butcher is not a service provider. He's, he's a ball winner and midfielder, although I have to say at this level, it's proving more tough for him. Um, arguably, he'd be better back in a, in a, def- a, a four-man defence. Um, but th- th- those are the options, I think. You know, it may, it may well kind of shift and change a wee bit if, if Mc, as McNulty gets fitter and more match sharp, he's playing, there'll be a different type of partnership between Shankland and McNulty than Clark. But equally, given that both are goal scorers, it simply doubles the pressure on the midfield or the, the guys that are wide to get by their men to find the creative thre- threaded pass and find the strikers. In this case, mainly Shanklin, because Shanklin's the man in possession of the jersey, back after the injury and all the rest of it. He's the guy you're looking for mainly to score the goals. McNulty will, will add to that, but they must get possession. Yeah, and we all thought that Hotty was going to be one one for the future type thing, and he's he's been loaned out. What's the chat about Jean Do Fuchs? I mean, how how soon can we expect to see him in, a, in and around the first team? Well, I, I don't think... I think Mickey Mellon takes his time with players. Um, he likes to get... We've seen that, I suppose, with McNulty, uh, who I thought would have would have been involved before he was. Um, so he could he could be waiting another week. You don't know. We'll, we'll find... I suppose we'll, we'll, we'll see on Saturday. But I, I think I think you have to hope that he is the one with the, the, the pass that can thread thread the ball through to Shankland. Also, going back to the delivery for Shankland, the fact that he's getting so few touches means they're not connecting with corners. You know, they're not fine. He's good in the air, uh, Shankland. They're not connecting with free kicks and corners. Um, listen, it was a it was a defensive performance on, on Saturday. It was a defensive performance against a good Aberdeen team. You can, if you're, you can say, well, it's a decent point, but I think you're looking for more. We're looking for more creativity. 
we've all, I think I think a lot uh, of supporters are hoping that that Fuchs will come in and be the guy that that can that can take a grip of the midfield area because after you're right, Eric, it was a reasonably promising start from the likes of Harks and he was bursting forward up at places like Ross County. But there has been a, there's been a tailing off there, hasn't there? I think I think we we'll all have to be honest. And Jim, are you? Oh, and no, I think well, I think did you? I can't remember. I think you've, if you either answered your, either kind of answered this earlier on, or you have done in previous podcasts. Uh, are you happy with United persisting with three central defenders? Do you, or would you rather see them going with it with four? No, I mean, that's, uh, sorry, four at the back, not 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 four central defenders. Oh, that'd yeah. be, that'd be. <laughs> I no, I, I, that yeah, I, well. no, I mean, I, I'm a confirmed four-four-two man. I think I probably always have been. Um, I, you know, I, I, I like the idea of two good central defenders with varying talents. You know, you can you can plug back historically, and you know, let's do it with, with, with United and, and, and Aberdeen when they were a new firm. You had the Miller McLeish partnerships, the Higgins and Neri partnership. Um, they had different skills, they had different strengths. You know, <clears throat> good in the air. Great at clearing the lines, great at kind of last ditch tackles, great at bringing the ball out, great at reading the game, all those kind of things. So I like two central defenders and I like two fullbacks who can attack, beat men, get crosses in. Uh, and I like four midfielders and I like two up front who can link well, who can take it with their back to goal, who can win it in the air, um, who can lay it off uh, and link, you know, both with the midfield and each other. So I'm a four four two man, you know. I mean three three five two, I've not got a problem with three five two. If if you have, you know, um you, you know, three central uh, you know defenders like kind of Maldini and and, and Barisi and, and people like that. But there's not too many of them about in Scottish football. So I like kind of I think that the four four two gives you much more security. Um, and and just frankly, it is a more enjoyable style to watch. Yeah, Ian. I mean, how have you? How do you, do you think we, we made it? We made a lot. We we spoke a lot about uh, Mickey Mellon bef- before he before he took a team, you know, and we're basing it on what we were told from from down at down in Merseyside and things like that. That he didn't have a favoured system and that he would suit it to tailor it to his tailor it to the players he's got and the, the opposition he was playing. Are you starting to think that? That three is is going to be his his favoured formation for this season at least. I think against what you would term stronger opposition like Aberdeen and like Celtic, yeah, I think I think that's fair enough. Um, I think I think uh, Jim Jim's mentioned the crowd, and I just wonder if uh, United fans uh, in a crowd in a, at Tannadice in a game against Aberdeen would have kind of. Turned on the team a wee bit. They were so defensive, um, and and looked for more. But we mentioned this a few weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah, yes, I mean, I think, I think, I think in United, United's case, it's it's almost it's almost allowing them to be cagier than I think they would be yeah. uh, if if they had their their home fans there. Now you could say that for 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 every team, I suppose, but it just seems to be the evidence for me being at the games and seeing them as. That it's easier for a manager to play def- a kind of almost pack it a wee bit, pack the team a wee bit when there's no any fans going get the ball up. Oh, come on, this is this is a home game. No, I think you're right. Uh, I, I think we're seeing. I think we've seen that. I think we've seen that at Tannadice. Well, let's face it, the Jim, the only the only voice the players are are, are hearing really is uh, is Mickey Mellon, possibly one or two of his coaches. So yeah. 
they're not they've not got any competing uh, no, noises in their ears, have they? To sort of you know when the full when the fullbacks going down the right hand side, getting the getting the ball from the punters, you know, getting told to get wired in or mm-hmm. get himself up the pitch and all the rest of it. It's I, I think I'm I'm with you, and I, I think of all the teams I've seen, I think it's been as pronounced with. I think possibly Celtic or the other one. I I I think it's been as pronounced with United as anybody that I've seen as to the, the sort of maybe the gap between the type of football they're playing mm-hmm. in closed doors and the type of football a fan base would demand of them. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I touched on this. At Tannadice, <clears throat> I think. Yeah, at no, no. I, I touched on this at the weekend in my, my, my Cudder column, Eric. I mean, I think there have been, you know, we, we've all we've all seen it because, you know, naturally as journalists, we all um, keep abreast of social media as well. And, and you know, and we've seen quite clearly over the last few weeks, there's been just the murmurings <clears throat> of discontent um, at Tanadice among a certain section of the support. And, 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 and there is a small section of that support at Tanadice, like anywhere else, but <clears throat> frankly, I think it can be pretty tough at Tanadice who can be pretty brutal in their assessment uh, of the players. And that's, that's very well on social media because players do read that as well and they get caught up in it. You know, the lesser, the, you know, they're not quite so strong mentally ones kind of might shrink a wee bit into a shell. But of course, it's not just social media. I mean, <laughs> once you actually get on the pitch and you've got, you know, guys screaming and bawling at you and purple in the face and all the rest of it, particularly at Tardis where you're quite close to your action, that, that can knock you out your stride as well. Now, what we don't know at the moment are just how the dynamics of playing closed doors football effectively are affecting people. Um, and my, my suspicion is that, um, uh, my, my, my suspicion is that, uh, you know, that, that there's a real danger that once, you know, that if United kind of can yeah, struggle, um, that, you know, once we do get fans back in, you know, the, the less strong mentally players um, might succumb <laughs> a, a wee bit to well, this. They're so in a groove, moment, let's face it, they're used to it now. They're, they're in a groove, but this is, that, that old dreaded phrase. This is their new normal, isn't it? Now they they now this is their match day routine has been for a, for over two months. Yeah. You know that they, it's, it's they, an interesting. They come to, was... they come to empty stadiums. Mm-hmm. They go out in front of an empty stadium. They play in front of an empty stadium. Yeah, they I go mean, home. Theoretically, should it be any different from training? You know, I mean, managers expect. You know, um, I mean, McLean and the other great managers and most managers, I think, expect their players to train as they play. You know, so realistically, it should be no different from uh, training sessions where you know quite regularly players get injured in training sessions and all the rest of it. You know, with their compatriots, with their colleagues. I mean, it shouldn't be any different from playing behind closed doors. I mean, you expect professional footballers. That is what marks them out, after all. Uh, the mind, the mindset, the mentality that we do not. You know, we we don't want to lose. That's the mentality, um, and it looks as though it's going to be this way for, for quite some time. I mean, you know, it might well be that they, we end up playing in front of a thousand or fifteen hundred or something like that. It'll not be quite the same as a you know six seven thousand round uh, around the uh, the walls. You know, um, so I think from United perspective, um, it will be interesting to see you know when we do return to normality. But for the moment, this is normality. Uh, and I think there are there are one or two players I suspect that have found it difficult to raise their their game week in week out. But I think Saturday proved against a, a good Aberdeen side because this is a good Aberdeen side. I think they proved they can do it when they put their mind to it, and and, and that will have pleased Mickey Mellon. I mean, a point a point on. I mean, I spoke to a good mate of mine yesterday morning, great United fan, one of the most critical United fans you can ever meet, and he said to me, "If you'd offered me a point before the game on Saturday." I would have bitten your hand off. And I think most United fans would accept that. It was a good point. A very good point, Saturday. I mean, just before we, we finish up on the 
the game at the weekend. What do you think, Ian? Do you think he'll, St Johnson obviously play with a three? Do you think that just makes it automatic that Mickey Mellon will decide to to match up? Yeah, I think he will, I think he will match up. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does what he does with uh, McNulty um, because I still I still fear that he's he's maybe been he's maybe holding him back a wee bit. But I I, th- I think he I think he'll be tempted to go with, with uh, McNulty against St Johnson. But I I, I just think that. United studied the things a bit against Aberdeen. It was a good point. I'm not sure there were enough positives, enough of a, a feel-good factor to them for them to be going to McDermott uh, with confidence. I think I think Saints, uh, uh, they, they have the, the the impetus just now, maybe the, the momentum. I would have them as, as my favourites to, to maybe just, just edge it. Um, but I think, I think he'll match up um, and look to Look to kind of not be defensive, but not be too gung ho either. Mm. I, I think I think Callum Davidson will have more of a, a an attacking mindset going into that one than Mickey Mellon will. Well, sorry, Eric. Oh, sorry, carry on. No, it's a hard. I mean, it's a hard one to read. I mean, United. I know what Ian's saying there. You know, I mean, on the face of it, you know, we, we've talked long and weary about Saints actually. You know, are a good side just just needing the goals. But 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 you know, I mean, in terms of you know, goals against. They've, I mean, certainly, you know, the three at the weekend didn't help, but they have conceded as many um, as United, and they've only scored one more. And United going to the game two points better off. Two points you know. ahead, yeah. Um, so, so you know, strictly speaking, United, are, you know, in league table terms, are the forum team. Um, I, I think it's an intriguing one. I don't know if they'll match up or not. I, I, I think in a game like this, <clears throat> um, matching up is one thing, and, and you've obviously got to be astute in your tactical approach to the game and all the rest of it. But I think what what you're looking for at this stage in the season, and we are still early in the season, is you're looking for attitude, you're looking for commitment, you're looking for drive, you're looking for energy from your team. And I think there were certainly signs on Saturday, albeit you know Aberdeen enjoyed, I think it was 60% possession. Um, there were signs that, that United um, were getting there, you know, that they're capable of doing that. And then, you know, so they are going in, in a sense, uh, the better off of the two sides. But Saints, I think, you know, in their last two games, have posited quite a clear warning that they are capable of scoring goals. However, if United can find supply to Shankland and if McNulty does come in or even gets 35, 40 minutes and, you know, depending how he's done in training this week, um, then we know too that Saints do concede goals. So, I mean, it's a, it, looks a, it looks a really, really close encounter, I think, and it, it will it will give us a quick indication, I think, at this stage of which of the two Tayside top teams, is you know, looks the better bet for the rest of the season. Did very well at uh, McDermott, I seem to recall, McNulty when he, in his first spell at Hibs. I think if, if it wasn't his debut, it was it was pretty close to it. So, and, you know, good vibes from there. Anyway, I'm glad we've, we've left a, we've left a fair-sized chunk to... Uh, Pick over the bones of Dundee. I'm glad we were positive in last week's uh, podcast because I don't know how many more opportunities we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get. Jim, I mean that was that was a, a, one hell of an anti or you know it was grim grim viewing, wasn't it? If you're a Dundee oh, fan yeah, on yeah, Friday night, I mean we we gave it the big drum roll and it was and we were all so genuinely excited about it. And Dundee fans must have been so excited about it, but boy, that was that was the bucket of cold water getting flung over your face, wasn't it? 
Well, I mean, it, it was absolutely desperate. I mean, a lot, a lot of United fans have naturally, in the course of things, have been enjoying the six-two result because, uh, of course, United did that to Dundee. But I tell you what, the six-two doing that Dundee got from United was, you know, a, a six-two which was pretty unfortunate because Dundee were. Ah, like, it was a difference. Yeah, uh, yeah. Different, yeah it was Dundee a... were actually very decent that that night. Um, now they were much better in the second half against Hearts, but for whole periods of the first half, they were they were invisible. Um, and, you know, I mean, off to the worst possible starts, a goal down after four, and then, you know, uh, just when you're kind of, you think you might be batting your way back into the game, although actually they weren't, um, Ganelli, you know, put some two down. I mean, now, <clears throat> you know, at that stage, and he, here's my fear about Charlie Adam. My fear, I mean, I, I you know, I about to know one in my, um, my view that Charlie is, Probably the best passer of a ball in Scottish football. Not just the championship, Scottish football. I think there are a few that can pass a ball. There are a few that will be able to hit a ball, dead ball, or, or just generally strike a ball as well as Charlie Adam. I, I thought that with Doran's round about him, you would have two quality midfielders, although Doran's hasn't always lived up to what I'd kind of hoped um, his reputation brought. Um, but you'd have pretty much two quality midfielders, one really superior to the other, but two good midfielders who would supply willing legs and willing runners round about them. But it looked as though the players round about them didn't have either the smarts, the intelligence uh, or the energy to you know, to, to, to pick up on the kind of balls that a Charlie might end up um, giving them. His goal, his goal was a thing. I, I don't think it was a player in Scotland could have scored the goal he scored. You know, I mean, he's not the quickest, he's not the, the, the fastest, but he's got that lovely drop of the shoulder, great individual close control, drifts past a couple of players, makes room, boom, fires a thunderbolt in, great goal. So now, you saying, are you saying, Jim, he's in, the, he's in the wrong team, basically? That's my it's worry. A, a uh, that my worry is, my worry, and I really hope this is not true, my worry is that he's let his heart rule his head here. Uh, because Charlie, frankly, can play at a much higher level than that game was played on, on, on Friday night. Uh, and, and that's no disrespect to Hearts, who were streets ahead of Dundee Street, and and frankly might well win that league unbeaten. Um, but uh, looking at that, I think to myself, you know what, Charlie is thirty four now. Um, he's got loads of football in him still, and I just wonder if he's let his heart rule his head by dropping down. Uh, you know, it's early days; it's just the start of the season. Um, it may well be that you know that things change dramatically, um, and there are questions to be asked. Of you know James McBake's got to ask questions of himself as well. You know with, with, with the you know the the way the the side um, was set up to go three five two against Hearts. But I'm I, you know as I say, I'm although I say I'm a four four two man, I'm less intrigued about systems, Eric, than players. I, I always think you know no matter what system you play, the first thing you need is attitude, aggression. Oh, um, they didn't press the energy. ball, did they? I mean, they just press. No, yeah. you've got to go. I mean, I'm a great believer. Scottish, the Scottish game technically is not as good. You know, let, let, let's, let's rephrase that. Skillfully, we are not as good as many European nations. Um, but even when we were, even when we produced the great players that we did previously at one time, because we did 25, 30 years ago, we produced many, many absolutely great players, and a few of them were world class. We traditionally played the game at a tempo. Traditionally, Scottish football has been played at tempo, with drive, with energy, with, you know, getting in about people. And that's not a call for, you know, getting in at waist-high tackles. It's, it's a call for the energy and the drive that traditionally Scottish football has been about. And I didn't see any of that from, from Dundee. And I think if you go out with that kind of mindset, and I'm not saying they did go out with the mindset, but they, they just didn't. They didn't get into the game for a long, long time. By the time they did, it was you know it was away from them. But I mean, no, looking looking at the side and on the face of a decent enough side, um, they, they are. Just, I mean, Osman so, um, 
to be honest. Oh, we'll leave, we'll leave, we'll leave yeah. him to later, Jim. Yeah, I'll leave that later on. But just such a massive disappointment, the whole thing, Eric. A massive oh, the disappointment. The whole thing was, you're right. I mean, this isn't, I mean, we would be going totally down the wrong road, Ian, if we, if we kind of <laughs> made this, it isn't about Charlie Adam, because, I, I mean, I th- my point, my feeling has always been that I think I'm kind of agreeing with Jim. They've up, they've upgraded an area of the team, undoubtedly. But for me, they've upgraded an area of the team that was kind of the least in need of upgrading. If you see what I mean, yeah. I just think I mean they've they've had they had plenty of plenty of midfielders who could slow the play down, control it, and potentially pick a pass. Now I'm a hundred percent agree with Jim that Charlie Adam can do it better than all of them, but he hasn't put. He hasn't put legs in that midfield. I mean, why? I mean, Callahan was the one that he wanted in the last window, and he got, and then he gets injured. But he's not replaced. He's not replaced that type. So if you needed legs, then you need legs. You still need legs now. I just don't see. I I, I cannot see a midfield when you've got Graham Dorans, Charlie Adam, Paul McGowan, and Finlay Robertson of as as cutting it because they're just mm-hmm. they're just not mobile enough. No, you're right. And and McGowan was playing I hoped to have been playing in a more advanced role as well. So you were left really the Didn't three. get into I mean, the all, game at all, did he? Didn't get into the no, game. No. All, all the to be honest, all the problems were happening uh behind behind Charlie Adam. The the defensive setup was uh, it never worked. Um what 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 they were uh, to me it was similar to the Celtic Rangers game. You had a team that was organised, had the tactics spot on. Knew this. I'm speaking about Rangers against Celtic. They, they, they knew how we reached each other, and they were going up the wings. Dundee were left exposed on both sides. Hearts were able to almost overload that all the time, and 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 Dundee were just on the back foot all for the whole of the first half. It changed at half time. Um, but as you say, all the damage was done by then. Mm-hmm. Now the midfield, you've got you've got two experienced quality players there, and a, a, a great goal for Charlie, wasn't it? It really was. Oh, but it's it a was shame. It's a to, to young fans. Yeah. yeah, it was a shame. They never had they never had the anchor there. They never had the anchor there to protect what was a, a toiling uh, backline. To be honest, um, the goalie never covered himself in. And glory either. Now that some of the goals, the Hearts goals were, were fabulous. I mean, they really were. But it, it was just a shame that it was so easy for Hearts. I mean, four minutes, I think, for for Michael Smith's goal. Let's go. Let's talk about that. I mean, there's there's no even a proper challenge on him. Uh, Jordan Foster, who has subsequently been injured, he, what is he doing? He, he, he doesn't come in. He doesn't make it difficult for the the, the player at all. Smith then almost sclaffs his shot into the goal. And you're on the back foot in a game that you've waited months for. Mm-hmm. Months on. And and they just they just never gave themselves a chance at all. You know, you don't go a goal down to Hearts, particularly a fired up Hearts with all their ridiculous tweets about how it started, how it's going. They never covered themselves in glory with that. I don't think clubs should in, indulge in that kind of stuff. But um, you know that was Robert into Dundee, and Dundee didn't help themselves. They gave them the they gave Hearts the opportunity to go after the game. It was just a poor, poor performance from Dundee. And any any uh, they landed a couple of punches. Unlike Celtic, never landed any punch, uh, punches against Rangers. Mm-hmm. But to me, it was very similar in that you had one team completely c- controlling the match, never bothered at all by the opposition. Really, uh, Jim, Jim, we can kind of. I know it's only one game, but you can kind of see how this is going to play out again. It's going to be 
a gap will open up probably. Dundee United will, eh, sorry, Dundee will be in and out of the, maybe out of the player, probably more in than out. And so the, the story will, will once again become about, oh, we're, we're in the playoffs, we've got a chance, which is true. You can go up via the playoffs. That's what, that's what they're there for. But we want a, we want a title race. And I think, I think we, I think we had, you know, with all the, you know, with a team coming down like hearts and not being used to the league mm-hmm. and the whole, the unponderables, I think we've got a right to expect Dundee to challenge hearts, haven't we? Well, I, I think so. I mean, they, they are the second biggest club in that, in that division, um, <clears throat> you know, in, in terms of probably finance, in terms of, you know, because Keys, Tim Keys, irrespective of what we think of what's going on at Dens, you know, getting relegated and all the rest of it, Tim Keys has put his money where his mouth is. The man has put his money into the club. Um, so he, I, I think he, he's almost beyond criticism in terms of the money he's put in. There, there might be other things that you can critique for but you know not not banking the club financially certainly not one of them um However, everything that Ian said there is true. Everything you said in terms of lack of pace, lack of mobility, these these are all true. Now, the key thing here is, you know, we're expecting to challenge hearts, but all of a sudden, you know, the, the danger is that, that is that we don't pay attention to the rest of that, um, you know, that, that that league. Now, you know, Dunfermline suddenly, you know, Dunfermline. Oh, they're a vibrant club. All they're a vibrant club all of a sudden. You know, we, know. We, we talked about, you know, we were talking about Dunfermline, you know, uh, uh, recently about making some good additions just when we were starting the season, but we're waiting on the championship kicking off. And all of a sudden, you look at Dunfermline, you think they look a very decent side. They look like a good squad. So, you know, might it be that Dunfermline end up? You know, uh, being this 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 side that, that kind of become the main challengers to Hearts, in which case, you know, they uh, you know they they end up pushing ahead of Dundee, not just in the title race, but when it comes to playoff times and all the rest of the other side. That so I can't see anything stopping Hearts here. I have to say, that. I just I mean, they look, I mean, the size of the squad they've got, the depth of the squad blows anything away in the Championship. But I have to oh, say, I, I, mean, I, I think there could be even bigger favourites than United last yeah, season. Just, absolutely, you know, a bigger golf. I, I think so, but I mean, you know, they're, they're you know. They had a very strong, um, you know, they a, a very strong bench. You know, when when oh. you can start off with people like you know, uh, Holiday coming on, uh, and Holiday like and Whiten, you know? and, and uh, when Naismith was on the bench, wasn't he? You know, and yeah. guys like that, you know, Elliot Freer. I mean, strong bench. Um, I, 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 what I would say is, I did like the look at Afalabi when he came on. For I was going to say, looked, let's let's move yeah, to the positive. Yeah, bit. no, he looked I decent. Afalabi and and Mullen both both of them. You you were looking at him thinking, why on earth? Why on earth are yeah. they not starting when when Osmond's so? Let's face it. Yeah, well, I mean, you can you can ha- have your say now, Jim. Get it off your chest. I, I think Dundee have gained nothing by signing him. I thought there was always going to be a problem in 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 in, in fitness. You know, I, I mean, I remember him from Hearts and scoring goals, and he looked a big, physically strong, imposing. We're specimen. going back a while now, though, aren't we? That's the thing. We're going back a while. That's the problem. I saw, and that this happens in football. People always think I can get the best out of him. And this whole idea about manager, you know, management. You think you can get the best out of people. So suddenly, I look at the squad and I see the lack of legs, the lack of mobility, um, and I, and then I look at the, you know what's on the bench, and there's a couple of decent players on the bench here. But there doesn't, there's not sufficient depth of quality by the looks of it. You know, now you can't remedy that at this stage because the only thing available to you are out of contract players <clears throat> and they're out of contract for a reason. So until the January window comes around, and then, you know, my view on January, is, is, I've been quite open with it, you're only buying somebody else's troubles in January unless you get very lucky. So Dundee now have, you know, they have what they hold in a sense in terms of the squad they've got. Now, that squad will not go head-to-head with Hearts 
over the course of a season. Hearts are a much stronger, a much better squad, a much more mobile squad, a much more physically robust squad. So you can almost write Hearts out the equation already. They're gone. They're gone. They're going to win that league. Um, the worry for Dundee is who else might be coming up on the inside track to challenge them. Uh, so that that's my concern. I mean, you know, just all of the things that you guys were saying earlier about ability and all the rest that add to that, the lack of tempo for the you know the first half of that game, the lack of drive, the fact that you've got a magnificent midfielder there in Charlie uh, Adam who doesn't have runners round about him. You know, Charlie, Charlie will put a 60-yard pass onto somebody's toes if that somebody has got the intelligence to understand what Charlie's about to do mm-hmm. and can make the run and can time the run and all the rest of it. You know, um, if, if you can win free kicks in and around the edge of the box, Charlie Adam will score goals. But you've got to do these things to, you know, to, to bring the very, very best out of them. And I really hope I'm wrong. But at the moment, having looked at that, it was incredibly disappointing. Dundee should have started, I mean, look, they could have lost, but they could have started off with much more of a bang. It was a hugely psychologically damaging start to the season for them. You might be looking at a tactical rethink for, for Dundee this early, even Ian, just yeah. with, with Jim's talking about it. I mean, he's big. Charlie Adams, you know, I, I watched Charlie Adam play against Spain with his diagonal balls and mm. uh, Hamden, a few were at that game as well. And it was, it was, a, it was a masterclass of long-range passing. I think if, if you know, the stars of Dundee's team were Charlie Adam and the two subs. Yeah. The two subs up front. So maybe we're going to be looking at Charlie Adam trying to just go and direct to them. Say, let's, you know, we're, we're, we're bypassing your Dorns and, and your McGowans and, and, and let's, let's stretch teams and get him behind. That could, that could be the way forward, Dean. I think so, yeah. I mean, it'd be a huge surprise if uh, and, uh, there'd also be uh, some sore knuckles wrapping on the manager's door mm. if, uh, if, if, this, <laughs> if the two subs weren't, weren't picked. Uh, I think they should start. Uh, the weekend, see, see as well. I mean, uh, you know, Jim, Jim summed it up very well about Dundee's uh, done how how disappointing it was. Another concern is that if if it was the first week of the season, a normal season, we'd be saying there's loads of time left. There's weeks and months. Now, now there is a bit of time, but this is a curtailed season. Now, you, you don't get. I've had other chairmen of other other clubs. Saying to me how 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 important that is. You need to get you need to get started uh, well, because before you know it, we've just we've just spoken about how Saints and, and United are what eleven games in. Now Dun- Dundee are only one league game in, but they're at the stage same the same stage, stage of the yeah. season. If you know what I mean. So it, it's huge. It was hugely disappointing, and it was a tough fixture. Goodness me. Such a tough fixture, but they fell absolutely flat. So, uh, yeah, we're looking for them to bounce back. We're looking for the manager to change it. I think he, he I think he's has to change it. Absolutely has to change it. Um, and we're looking for a good performance from Dundee, but they're already playing catch up. That's the problem. I mean, Ian, you weren't here last week. You were uh, sunning yourself wherever you were. I don't, mm-hmm. where, was it a nice holiday? Was it by the way? So I didn't ask. Yes, I didn't yes, ask it was, you. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we, we were, we were, we were not often prescient. But I, th- I think, I think we summed up the goalkeeper situation pretty well as well. And it, it kind of, it came to play. There's none of there were there were there weren't howlers from from Hamilton. You know, they weren't like you know, oh, you know, you'd be putting. You know, thinking, oh, that, that's an obviously his fault, but he just, I, there's a couple of them I would have wanted him, would would have wanted him to do better on. Is that fair? Yeah, I think it is fair. I mean, it is fair because I, I would actually say the first he could have done better. Now, 
the second goal as well, I think that, that maybe could have done better there. A few dollars were were absolute screamers that, that he had no chance with. Second but half ones. You're yeah. looking for yeah. By then it's a second half. That's a key. That's a key thing to this Dundee analysis. Is the good things happened when it was when yeah. the game was gone. The game's dead. You know, and also the changes that the manager made happened when the game was gone. Yeah, there was never a chance when, when uh, they never looked like they were coming back into it because Hearts were just too strong. And, and going back to my uh, the comparison that I drew with the old firm match from the first minute to the to the 90th or inj- injury time, you never thought that that Celtic would come back into that game, and then you never thought Dundee had a snuffer at all uh, at any time. Robbie Nielsen absolutely nailed it, uh, and, and that's that's a shame. The Dundee fans will, were, would have been hoping for better. They will improve, of course they will, and they won't be facing teams like Hearts every week, thankfully. But uh, it was such a disappointing start that it could have a, a psychological impact, I think. Yeah, they got Morton on, on Saturday, I believe, Jim. And mm-hmm. you know, there was a, they had a habit of uh, one bad. It wasn't you know one bad. It wasn't a case of one bad result and five good ones. One, but you know, the bad results seemed to draw into wee mini runs, and for the reasons that that Ian. Uh, Alluded to, you know, it being a, a short course this season and all the rest of it. You just, they, they need to, they need a statement, don't they? They, re, they, they I mean, they don't just need a one nil. I think, mm-hmm. I think they need to properly, properly show that they can, they can put away the likes of Morton. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, <clears throat> you know, we're all hugely disappointed naturally um, at, at what happened on Friday. You're looking, you know, I think probably given that the championship has started its truncated season, given the benefit of doubt that you're, in terms of competitive action and all the rest, although every club is in the same boat, you, you might, you know, want to say, right, three, four, five games in, we'll start to make much more critical judgment Thank you for how, how it's going to look. But <clears throat> they have to they have to be much harder to beat at the back. That's the first thing. Now, they're not going to come up against quality of hearts. We know that every week. But the Dunfermlands of this world maybe maybe you know, tough also. Not as tough, but tough enough. Um, the other thing is this, that they have got to find more mobility from within the ranks. Um, you know, I, I'm a great believer in, in pace in, in the game, Eric. Playing the game at tempo, uh, you know, have, so that the opposition is on its metal all the time yeah. against guys. McDade, he's another one I'd like to see back yeah. in there. You, 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 you need pace. You need people that can run at a man. You need people that can beat a man quickly, can link up, play the quick passes, give and go. And the other thing is, you need to be flexible. There is nothing, there is absolutely nothing wrong and saying, okay, you know what? I mean, funnily enough, I, I had a conversation uh, yesterday. I was out and about kicking about in a shop, and I had a conversation with a former, well-known professional football player, and he was he was rightly, in many respects, bumping his gums about the way a lot of Scottish clubs want to play ticky-tacky football. We can't play it. We, you know, top, top teams in Spain can't play. There's only a few can play like Barcelona. Not everybody plays like Barcelona. You know, so there is nothing wrong in saying, okay, you know what? Let's give Charlie Adam the ball. Let's play that over the back of the fence. Let's, you know, let's make turn the, the defender yeah. turn and run and chase the, the man who's flying down the wings to get on the end of the 50-yard uh, diagonal ball or the long ball over the top. Play of the to your best player strengths. Absolutely. Play to your strengths. I mean, this notion that you've got to play football one single way. I mean, you know, how many times do we see the ball play? This is another bugbear of mine. Guys trying you're to on play a ro- the You're back. on a roll. You're oh, on a roll, no. Jeff. Play it out from the back if you're Barese. That by all manner of means. But you're not, you're not going to play it out from the back. 
if you're Ashcroft or Forster and McGee, you know, d- d- do the sensible thing, you're a defender, get, get it away, out of the danger zone. You know, it's not kick and rush football, play to your strengths. There's no any point in, 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 in playing six, seven passes across the back because actually, you, you know, you've not been smart enough to really play the great threaded pass. So you play six or seven, and then the next thing on the seventh pass, it's lumped forward anyhow. And, and, and possession is squandered, you know, because the minute you hit a long ball, it, it's 50-50 as to whether you, you retain uh, possession with a knockdown or whether you lose it. So what is the point in playing six, seven, eight, nine, ten passes, trying to thread it about, when quite often the opposition will sit back and let you play that anyhow, the minute you get towards kind of the last third, as we call it, or even in the opponent's half, then you're shut down. Uh, the ball goes back and you end up playing the long ball anyway, which frankly, you probably could have played at a bit of tempo, a bit of pace in the first half when maybe your opposition was stretched. And it's just, I sometimes don't wonder why managers just don't say to players, use your common sense. Use your, here's the style we'd like to play, but if it's not working, change it yourself. And I think that's one of the issues. Sometimes we're too quick to blame managers um, when in fact, we should be looking for more responsibility from players on the park as well. Because great players take responsibility on the park. Yeah, I'm wondering whether... You'll see that more and more than that with Charlie Adam. You know he'll be saying like this for fifteen minutes. This is what we're doing. You know what I mean? Just, just that's like you always talk about. That's what Sunis would do in the Great Liverpool team. All the mm-hmm. rest of it, they would just say, right, okay, this is this is what we do for fifteen minutes. You know, we're I'm work. I'm cutting out. The, I'm cutting out the midfield. We're going long. Mm-hmm. We'll just we'll get we'll play the game in their half type thing. So, listen. Hopefully, Dundee have learnt. All the lessons they need to learn in, the, in in one go. That's the positive way of looking at it. And if they can, and then they can, they can come back and show us that you know maybe it was maybe it was just a, a really bad night for them, and that you know there's 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 more good things happening behind the scenes, and they can they can kick on. Hope so. Okay, till next week, gentlemen. Thank you very much again. Thank you, great chaps. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.